aspect of sticks that I really enjoyed the most was when they did progressive, you know, the progressive rock side of sticks. And that's because I, I love those bands. And they really, what I really love about that music is what you just described. There's an, there's an emotional arc that, that runs through all the pieces that, um, or the majority of them anyway, that, that really take people on a ride. That's Lawrence Gowan of the band Sticks. I'm Jamie Green, and this is Trading Force. I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Trading Force. I'm your host, Jamie Green. And today we're going to have somebody from the band Sticks on, Lawrence Gowan, who is the keyboardist and singer, one of the singers. There's several singers in the band, but he's one of the singers. Uh, he dialed in from Phoenix. We had a good laugh talking about uh, the fallacy is of the uh, dry heat. People, you know, haven't been to Phoenix in the summer, say so it's a dry heat. Having lived there in the summer, that's total nonsense. So uh, that was cool. And, you know, I, I think a good place to start with it, you know, What's the purpose of music? And I think the purpose of music is to bring joy and connect people. You know, there's a lot of wags out there that want to bash bands, you know, a lot of the bands that I love. Uh, And we're going to talk a little bit about one of them, Rush, because Lawrence is from Toronto originally. And, you know, Six has been out there for a really long time, and they have great crowds, and they make a lot of people happy. And even the critics finally have gotten on board, too. So... If you're making people happy and bringing joy in the world, I don't think there's anything better than that. So it was really fun to talk to Lawrence. Super nice guy. Uh, We had a great chat, and you're going to enjoy it. But hey, before we get started, let's hear from my sponsor, Campfire Audio. Campfire Audio makes top-notch quality earphones for music lovers alike. Whether you're a musician, producer, or audiophile, Campfire has the perfect product for you. They've got a small team of highly skilled and dedicated craftspeople. They continuously experiment with materials and techniques to create something unique and special for the people that care about it most, probably people like us that are listening to a podcast like this. Each model in their earphone line is designed and assembled by hand in their Portland, Oregon workshop. Their earphones are second to none in performance and finish. So down in the show notes, I've got the link to that website. Check it out campfireaudio.com hey everybody you know what i'm gonna say let's get started here's my conversation with lawrence gowan that's great well you know i think that's a really good place to start because you know i was you know i always like to do a little digging and I've, i've listened to the new album a couple times and have really enjoyed it and i'm thinking your band is probably the closest band i can think of of having kind of a normal summer you've got a new album out, Crash of the Crown. You're touring and getting to play out a bunch. The reviews have been great, Lawrence. You know, it used to be in the back in the day that people liked to slag sticks. I don't know why, but they felt, you know, the need to. But all the reviews I've seen have been great, so I, I assume you're having a good time. We really are, James. It's, you know, I think we are one of the only bands, if not the only band, that got through the entire summer tour from June, July, August, and now here September without having to cancel, you know, and I, I put part of that down to luck, but, it, but quite a bit of it was just, we have a phenomenal crew and, you know, the band ourselves, we were just very careful and kind of, you know, uh, 
everything we possibly could to have the tour not have to stop. And uh, and we, we were really high-fiving each other, believe me, at the end of August to, to, to know that we actually made it through the summer, knowing that this could, this could end, you know, any day if, if things spiral out of control again. But um, but for now things are things are moving ahead and we're really pleased with that and we're really pleased with the fact that yeah it seems like it took it, it took the critics a few years to catch up but um, yeah a few decades actually but yes uh, Crash of the Crown and and the mission quite frankly have been in, in the words of JY uh, he said these are the best reviews we've ever had for any albums in our entire career including the ones they had in the past that went to number one so I guess I guess the world is caught up with um, you know look, looking at classic rock as being a, a vital form of music that really has stood the test of time and if it's done well uh, it, it deserves you know it deserves a, a pat on the back and maybe a few accolades so um, that's where we are no, that's great. I, you know, it's interesting. I think the way the terminology I would grow up and, and I'm, you know, I'm 53. So when sticks first, I was a little kid and it seemed like all my friends, older siblings and my siblings, I have two sisters, three sisters actually, but the two oldest ones are eight years older than me and they were way into sticks and stuff. I, it's like a symphonic. It almost feels like a symphony that what you guys bring and I certainly thought this with the new album too, that, you know, so much of rock and roll and I love rock and roll, but there's like, things like dynamics right things that people don't really ever do in rock and roll that you guys have always made an emphasis on and and the idea of bringing things in and out and kind of having a theme throughout the song that you bring it back to i assume as a musician that's a lot of fun to play in a band like that it really is and you 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 hit on what i when i joined the band it was 22 years ago now uh, the, the, the aspect of sticks that I really enjoyed the most was when they did progressive, you know, the progressive rock side of sticks, and that's because I, I love those bands. And they really part of what I, what I really love about that music is what you just described. There's an, there's an emotional arc that, that runs through all the pieces that, um, or the majority of them anyway, that, that really take people on a ride. And it, it's not, it, it doesn't just begin with the downbeat where you're, you're in one frame of mind and all the way through, but instead you go through these peaks and valleys in, in great progressive rock songs and sticks with the first band outside of the UK to ever be successful with it, you know, that, that I noticed. And uh, it's that aspect of it that I think is now looked upon as being very vital and very uh, legitimate, you know, because back then, you know, the, the criticism would be it, it, it gets overblown or it's, it's too self-indulgent and all those things. But now people have embraced that form of music to a point where it beca- it's part of the soundtrack of their lives. And they look for they look for those elements in in you know, in the stick song or, you know, any band from that era. And I think these last two albums have really, we've really brought that home to them again. And uh, the response has been uh, uh, in kind. So that's that's how I see it. No, that's great. And, you know, obviously I, I read your bio and the fact that you grew up in Toronto, you, I, and I know you've done some work with Alex Lifeson. There's another band that at the time, back in the 70s, Rush was hated by the, critics they just felt like the need to like pile on those guys i don't know why and now they're having this renaissance obviously it's super sad what happened to neil but you know the last 10 years of that band it was it was a love fest with everybody uh, yes they're all they're all falling over each other now because uh, 
I, I think the critics at the time, you know, it's funny because I know the, the rush got it because I was managed by the same manager for 14 years prior to joining Sticks and a solo career. And with uh, them, um, they used to lament, you know, I, I remember having, you know, little conversations with, with Getty and uh, Alex, but then they, they just began to ignore that. All that matters is what matters to us is you see thousands of people on their feet at the end of the night with, giant smiles on their faces and their arms in the air and I think well we're obviously doing something right so really it really doesn't matter you know if if someone's having a bad day and decides that uh, they don't particularly like your new album um, that kind of blows away in, in the in the in the uh, the avalanche of, of people who are giving you the thumbs up and uh, you know when we live in that world today with the with the internet you can you can basically uh, uh, you can basically listen to, 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 to one or two lone voices out, out there that are, you know, uh, per, perhaps grinding their own acts. Right. <laughs> and, or, or you can see, you can just see the, the response from people um, to, to, to bands and to, to bands particularly, you know, I'll, I'll speak of the ones from that era, and just how much they've fallen in love with them. And, uh, you know... Um, I think now we're at a stage where, you know, rock music, and we'll say classic rock music for just as a broad term, it it was the great musical statement of the last half of the 20th century. So it's withstood the the ultimate test, and that's time. So people can't, you know, they they just can't dismiss it out of hand anymore the way they did back in in the 70s or 80s, etc., but now they have to look at it as, a, as a, a legitimized, and I hate to use that word, but that's what it is, form of music that um, really, really resonates with people and, and, and gets deep into their, uh, into their bones. No, absolutely. And, and you guys are in the joy business. I, I, I'm guessing every time you go on stage, I know you're going on stage tonight in Phoenix, you've been all over. The smiles that you get to see when you play a tune uh the the looks between a couple right that they're this like this this tangible moment of their life that you're sharing with them they're, they're, there's nothing better you you put that really well it is it is very much the joy business i mean music is that anyway it always has been that it shouldn't be you know it can be, it can be incredibly dark it can be like uh, sad it can be you know explosively happy but it it, it it you're connecting to people's emotions with a language that is beyond any spoken word and once you know you can see what what music does and i do observe that from the stage just just how deep this runs in people's uh, in, in, in their lives and I, I can relate to it because i'm a fan as well i mean i was at, I, one of the last concerts that uh, before the pandemic it was uh, elton john's um, farewell elbert groden i was at, i was at goodbye elbert groden back in the 70s so over the, the moment he hit the opening chord of that show, the opening chord to Benny and the Jets, I, I immediately felt this like lightning bolt of, of, of my life going through my body of, of realizing just how important, believe it or not, again, that, that, that a lofty word for something that, that's supposed to just be entertainment. But it went through my body of like, it, it, it connects to my whole life experience. And it's a way of kind of expressing it that it's beyond it's beyond a common language. So anyway, we're, I'm, I'm getting way too deep no, into this. Good. Yeah, you, you can see how much it how much it affects people is really something wonderful to observe from the stage. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, so I've been doing this podcast for two years. It started right before the pandemic, and uh, we had to kind of, kind of, you know, make a left turn. Uh, but the good news is now I get to talk to people from all around the country and the world. And I think that was the one thing, Lawrence, that every musician I've talked to, just how much they miss that, that interaction with the crowd, that ability to touch someone uh, with a song. Uh, I just, yeah, go ahead. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, I discovered, I mean, we all made discoveries over the pandemic, uh, 16 months, I guess it would be there, um, about our own lives and about, you know, all kinds of things. And what really, what really got to me was I, I heard from so many people, and you'd see, you'd see it all over the internet, just how much they were missing going to concerts and how much, how, what a vital part of their lives that was. And uh, just how excited they were to, to get back to that and, and, and to have that happen again. Um, it just underscored the importance and the value of it uh, to a degree that I, I, I guess even I had underestimated to some degree because I, um, I didn't think there were enough people on earth that felt the same way about it as, as I did. But apparently there are. Yeah. It's, that, you know, it's the old cliche, you don't miss something until it's gone, right? Yeah. That's right. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. And I think, you know, we we've seen so many bad things happen to music whether it was Napster trying to kill it, you know, 25 years ago or you know, now it's about touring to make money and, and then the album supports the tour where it used to be the album used to make the money. I mean, there's all these but I don't think anybody was ever saying, "Hey, uh, crowds are going to go away." And they're going to go away for a long time. That wasn't nobody had seen that nightmare. Um, no, you're right. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. The, the live music experience is, it, 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 first of all, to me, it's the most, it's the greatest form of entertainment that I've come across in my life. I like to also say, you know, the second grade is the Cirque du Soleil, but it's a, it's a distant second. Right. <laughs> but and for, for, it's the greatest form of entertainment that I've experienced in my life because, just as we were just talking about that Elton John show or, you know, Genesis or Yes or Queen or the bands that I'd seen over my course of my life, um, it, 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 it stays with you. It's a kind of entertainment that, that when, when the show's over, it's not over. You walk out the door and you carry those songs, you carry that experience with you far beyond any other form of entertainment that I've ever encountered, you know, far beyond movies, you know, it's, uh, maybe some books can be uh, you know, I can, can bend a philosophy around your life, but the experience, the human interaction, and the the the, the kinetic exchange that happens at a, a rock concert—I I don't know anything else that's ever ever you know equaled that in my life in the form of entertainment. No, not at all. Well, I want to ask. So, I listened to the album a couple times. It's it's one of the few perks of being a podcast host is you get to listen to it before it's even out. And I'm guessing you're going to tell me, but uh, I think you had a lot of fun getting to play on this album because you're playing all kinds of keyboards. There's a Hammond B3 in there, right? Like, so tell me about your your experience making this album because it seems like as a keyboard you're kind of Nirvana as a keyboardist. Yeah, you are. You, you really are because you get to you. Well, first, okay. The first, great question, by the way. I love answering this. The first part of it is you you have a very broad palette to work with, but I try to restrict it. In sticks, anyway, I try to restrict it to basically the the instruments that, that really surged forward in the in the, in music in the seventies. So, uh, and I'll, I'll come to those in a second. 
And I have a great vintage collection of those things at home in Toronto, but I never got a chance to use them on records because we recorded the mission in Nashville and we recorded the other albums in Los Angeles. And when you have vintage instruments like that, you dare not move them even five inches or they can uh, say goodbye forever. <laughs> and so uh, one of the great bonus things that happened because of the pandemic, believe it or not, was that I got to record all my parts in Toronto. We'd already scoped them out uh, in Nashville. We already had everything scoped out, and we were ready, ready to go. I've got a great set of keyboards there as well. But being able to record all the stuff at my studio in Toronto, where I've got, you know, we've got a vintage 1926 Steinway piano and a vintage, you know, Hammond B3 from the 50s, and I've got, you know, vintage Oberheim keyboards, and then. I think the crowning one was I got a chance to finally play my Mellotron, (laughs) which is an instrument that dates back to the 70s and is one of the most troublesome um, pieces of gear if you you move it even slightly, but it's one of the most uh, engaging sounds that you can bring into any song, and it it immediately evokes that uh, that feeling of the... uh, uh, of the 70s progressive rock movement. So I was able to use all of those things on Crash of the Crown and uh, to great effect. And uh, so I'm, I'm really pleased with how that all came together. No, it's got to be just, like you said, God, that stuff is, some of that stuff just falls apart, right? Probably just by looking at it. Um, so I could see why you have to try to baby it because I'm guessing that a lot of those things don't even have parts anymore. If you break something, you're just out of luck. Um, so how do the... You know, you can get little things that replace, but but unless they're an original part, you know you've you've kind of moved a little bit. You've you've moved a, even a fraction of an inch. You've moved away from the from the original uh, sound of the thing. You know? Right. So where was Tommy and all the other guys in the band? They were like, "Hey, this is great. This is cool." I mean, how did they react? Well, here's at first we really you know the, the first few months first maybe three months of the pandemic, we, like everyone else, we thought, well, this will be over in about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then as the Zoom calls uh, became more and more second nature and just like a common thing that wasn't, it wasn't such a big deal, there were, there were other uh, advances in the recording world that allowed you to be in one studio in one city and, and connect, you know, in real time with a studio in another city. And so it, it began to feel second nature that we were all together. And yes, the, the sounds they heard coming through were like, oh my God, this is great. This is what we have to fight to kind of get normally on the, on my newer stuff. But I was able to get it all on there with the uh, with the originals. And I think it really adds to the, uh, to the overall mojo of the record, so to speak. No, it's great. I really, I've really dug it. It's been fun to listen to. I have to ask, you're actually, I think, I'm trying to guess, the third or fourth uh, person from Scotland. I know you grew up in Toronto, but you were born in Scotland. Um, and I have this love affair with Scotland. My my grand, uh, my mother's maiden name is Gowanlock, which is not Gowan, but close, right? Um, um, well, it's, it, it was Gowanlock, is that what you said? Yes. Yes. So G-O-W-A-N-L-O-C-H? Uh, L-O-C-K, when it came here. It probably was the other at some point, right? I know they changed the name spellings a lot. That's really interesting. Yeah, that, yeah, they changed the spelling. So Gowan, Gowan has a couple of meanings. One is, uh, is a Scottish Gaelic means blacksmith. Another one is it's a type of flower. So, um, like it's a small kind of lily type of flower. And the lock, of course, means lake. So right. 
your 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 mother or what you say it was your grandmother? No, so my mother's, that's my mother's maiden name. It was my great-grandfather who immigrated uh, in 1871 from uh, Moore Battle, Scotland, which is down on the borders, to the U.S. But I know a lot of Scottish people ended up in Canada. Oh, absolutely. The neighborhood I grew up in was very was very British, and yeah, Irish, Irish Scots were, were the uh, Scots-Irish was kind of the... The predominant, uh, the predominant immigrant race that was there at the time, and I was just a kid of that that came over with my parents. Back to Gowan Lock, that must mean there's, there's, it's a lake with a bunch of the Gowan type flowers all around it. That's where your, that's where your, your folks are. From. Isn't that funny? It's interesting. It's such a great, a great part of the world too. I think I'd read that you went back at some point to kind of rediscover your roots. Many times, many times. I, I in my solo days, I would go back there and played a few times as a solo artist, and and uh, and, and recorded a couple of records over there as well. Um, but uh, when I went back with Sticks, that was really a, a fantastic experience because I was able to get you know, all my relatives are still there, and uh, you know they they came out to the shows and. It was really it's one of the, one of the highlights of, of being in the band was, was going there with these guys, which is um, you know they're loved in Scotland, that's for sure. Yeah, I I mean I would love to get back. I've only been once. Uh, everybody I talk to, you know, just lovely people. It's a beautiful country. Um, certainly, it's a rich rich musical history. Um, you know, it's so fun. Oh, absolutely. Oh, very much so. It's funny, you know, you know, wherever you're from, you kind of take it for granted because I, I, I love going to Scotland. I, was only, I left there when I was a little kid. But um, it's funny, my cousins over there, they, they look at holiday places as being just places that are, you know, hot, sun, you know, sun seekers because they say, for one cousin said to me, who on earth would ever go to Scotland for their holiday? That makes no sense to You're not seeing you're not seeing it the way we see it, so yeah, okay. Yeah, well, it's I, you know, does Edinburgh Castle? Do they just get used to it there in the background? Is it just like, nah, it's that I've seen it, right? <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's a great spot. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just I wanted to connect because I think Scotland's such a fun place, and I, and it's cool that you have that ancestry. So yeah, yeah. So Lawrence, I'm gonna put in the show notes. You guys are actually coming back. This way, you're going to play up in Omaha, I know, and you're playing in Salina, Kansas, and you've got shows coming. So if people missed you here this summer in June in, in Kansas City or in Lincoln, they get another shot at it. In fact, my sister, who's up in Omaha, the one I was talking about earlier, she saw you at that Lincoln show that got moved indoors, and she's going to come see you again in Omaha. She's a huge fan. So, Oh, great. Well, that's good. That's excellent. I think we're trying to make up for, the, for everything we missed last year, so it's kind of like we're... We're, we're covering as much of the country as we possibly can and, and, and circling back and, yeah, getting to uh, outlying places and, uh, you know, from the main centers. And, that, and those, those are some of our favorite shows to do, and especially with, uh, under, in light of the fact that now that we've played or 40 shows on this tour, we're really well greased in, so to speak, um, and the show, is, uh, the show just keeps getting better and better. So, yeah. I look forward to seeing your sister at the next show, and I hope that um, I hope she has more positive reviews. Absolutely. The only thing, last thing I'm saying. So did, so did you, Tommy Shaw being on live from Daryl's house? Um, that's really cool. Why didn't he invite you, man? Why didn't you get to go? First of all, 
problem there was, well, it was great. I thought you did a great job on that. It, it also is a great way to highlight one individual from the band, and Tommy's great at that. Um, I, I, there, there was one major problem with e- even the notion of me getting there was the fact that the border was closed. Oh, okay. So, I, I was stuck on one side, and uh, and he was on the other, and uh, yeah. But Daryl's house was on his side of the border, so I guess that's what that's part of why uh, no one else could make it to it. But yeah, he did a wonderful job on that. That's just such a fun show, and he, Daryl, you know, so many great acts that he's put on, and not only just, you know, people Daryl's age, Daryl will bring people out there, you know, young people that he likes, too. It's just fun. I wish I had thought of it. It's a cool idea, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Lawrence. It's, it's a great uh, I really appreciate the time. Uh, it's been very nice to chat with you. Really dig the new album. Well, it's it's been a total joy. Try to stay cool in Phoenix. I know that's virtually impossible, but uh, I'm glad you're out there. I'm glad you guys are getting to tour and play and bring some joy in the world. Lord knows we could use as much of it as we can get, right? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. I will. All the, all the best, and we'll, uh, we'll see you somewhere up the road. All right, sir. Have a good one. Take care. Okay. Bye. You too. Make a man. Sound the alarm. Lawrence Gowan, everyone. Really enjoyed chatting with Lawrence, and not only because he was got Scottish roots, I know I nerded out on that, but there was other cool things too. But he was really nice. And hey, like what you like, man. Life is short. You like sticks? Perfectly cool. Like them. It is what you want. You know, when I was in high school, I used to be worried about what people thought I liked. I, I don't give a shit now, man. I'm 53. I like what I like. Uh, I really did dug. I really dug this album. It was a great album. So thanks to Lawrence. Uh, that's going to do it for this time. All in the show notes about sticks. You'll see down there. You can click on it and find out more. They are coming back. They will be up in Omaha. And they also will be over in Salina, Kansas. So if you missed them while they were here, you could uh, get a chance to see them again. So that's it for this episode of Trading 4. Hey, next week, we're coming back to Kansas City, a Kansas City artist. Not only a Kansas City artist, a young, vibrant 24-year-old. Zoe Roars is joining me, and she's a rocker, man. I can't tell you how happy I was to talk to a rocker uh, who loves rock and roll, who was born probably, I don't know. I don't even want to think how long ago. That's like late 90s. That's nuts. But she's super cool. She came to the house. We had a great chat. So that's next time. Until then, go out. Support live music, and we'll talk real soon. Bye bye.